listening to a My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Cameron Barrett. I'm the Communications and Education Director for My Safe LA, and we're the Fire and Life Safety Education Partner of the Los Angeles Fire Department, and we are going to be talking about the Northridge earthquake this week, in fact, this entire month. And the reason why is we've come up on the 20th anniversary. January 17th, 1994, the Northridge earthquake hit Los Angeles and was the last truly devastating, destructive earthquake that has hit Los Angeles. We've been real lucky over the last two decades. We're going to be talking to two officers of My Safe LA that lived through the quake and have some fantastic tips about uh, what to do during a quake and, most importantly, what to do before a quake hits to prepare and make sure that you can survive and uh, really bounce back. And I am now joined by the executive officer of My Safe LA, David Barrett. Hi, David. Hey there, Cameron. How are you today? I am fantastic. The reason why uh, you've been asked to join us today is because you lived through the 1994 Northridge earthquake. You were here in Southern California. And we are also joined by someone who not only lived through the earthquake but reported on the Northridge earthquake, and that is Todd Lights, our public information officer at MySafe LA. Hey, Todd. Hey, Cam. Hard to believe it's been 20 years since the Northridge earthquake. I wasn't around in 1994 in Los Angeles. I was on the East Coast at the time, but both of you guys were in L.A., weren't you? Yes, well, we yeah, were. I was in Orange County, um, but it uh, affected me down there, and I had uh, family in L.A., so. Well, what do you remember? I mean, do you, did you feel it in Orange County? Oh, you know, it, from a scientific perspective, I didn't understand it so much at the time, but in many ways, um, it relates in some way to what we're trying to look forward to right now in Los Angeles with early warning. Um, I was asleep, obviously. It was 4.30 in the morning, and I woke up, and I wasn't sure what woke me up, but I mean, I woke up and sat up in bed, and it was like, what is that sound? And what I was, what I was experiencing was the P wave of an earthquake. And maybe five, ten seconds after I woke up, bam, I mean, everything shook. Everything fell off the shelves. My dog went nuts, screaming and running around. I mean, it was. I thought the house was going to collapse. And at the same time, with the exception of things falling on the floor, nothing really happened. But in Los Angeles, uh, my girlfriend's mother lived in Northridge, and her house was destroyed. And so within hours, we were up there. We experienced a number of the aftershocks. We saw fires. We had to find shelter for her. It was a pretty, it was a pretty amazing ordeal. How about you, Todd? Do you remember it? I remember it like it was yesterday. And my story is uh, kind of long and involved because I was right in the middle of it. Um, January 17, 1994, 4.31 in the morning, what we used to call O-Dark 30. I was a youngish radio news anchor for Metro Networks News working out of the studios at KRF 101 here in Los Angeles. And uh, every day I reported to work at 4 a.m. I'd just driven under the Fairfax overcrossing of the Santa Monica 10 freeway less than half an hour before the earthquake collapsed it. I remember uh, just before the quake pounding away at my computer in my office. I was trying to write a newscast because I went on the air at 5 a.m. And I was thinking, there's no news today. It's Martin Luther King Day and nothing's going on. And that's when the building started shaking and shaking violently. And it was clear that this was a major earthquake. I dove under my desk, which is a good thing because my three television monitors and coffee maker, which was full of hot, freshly brewed coffee, flew off the shelves, smashing the glass that covered the top of my 
of my desk. And I really can't remember how long the shaking lasted, but I waited it out, and it seemed like a long time. And I knew that this was a damaging earthquake, and I, I felt like this was close by. Um, I remember picking my way through the debris of my office, and I got to the studio where Metro had several booths for doing traffic reports on stations all over Southern California. And there weren't many people there at that hour. It was just me and I think a couple other people who were overnighters. And the phone was ringing off the hook, so I answered a few panicked phone calls. Uh, I was trying to ascertain where the epicenter of the quake was. And we soon realized that our biggest client, CBS Radio's powerhouse all-news station, KNX 1070, had been knocked off the air by the quake. So we worked to put out what we knew through CanX because our feed was still live and active. In fact, to my knowledge, we were one of the only broadcast outlets still on the air immediately after the quake. And after that, the next several hours were kind of a blur. I don't really remember much, but I know we were trying to get a grasp on the magnitude of the situation and report what we knew about injuries and damage. I eventually got out and I hit the streets because I was a reporter. So I I hit the, the streets to report on the aftermath of the quake covering all the places that suffered major damage. But I made a pit stop to my own house in Sherman Oaks, which, uh, as you know, history shows, had been really hard hit by the quake for whatever reason. Uh, all the women in my life happened to be at my house alone during this disaster. My mother, my sister, my wife, and my infant daughter rode out the quake and the immediate aftermath without me there. And I was working and desperately worried about what had happened to them. But, you know, I had a job to do, and I just had to focus on that. So it turns out they were all okay. Our house was damaged, nothing major. And, um, you know, I, it's it's a day that's really seared in my memory. And, and what surprised me about it was how long it took us to fully recover and get back to normal. I mean, normal commute patterns and all that kind of stuff in the aftermath of the earthquake. So, um, boy, when that next one hits... You know, we better be ready. Exactly. I mean, we talk about what needs to be done during an earthquake, and I think that most of us know about that. Drop cover and hold on and ride it out. But it's the aftermath that really matters, isn't it? You guys, you remember the aftermath, don't you? It took a really long time. And this was a relatively small earthquake, and it was relatively, um, it was a relatively concentrated area that it affected because it was an upthrust fault that kind of bumped a small area of L.A., I mean, imagine one that came, that would rip, you know, the San Andreas. That's going to be devastating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely right. It, it's funny because we are in relative security most of the time, and we don't think about uh, how traumatizing an earthquake would be. I was speaking to one of our designers, and he told me that his aunt lived in Northridge, a happy-go-lucky, fun-loving teacher. And from the moment that that earthquake in Northridge struck, uh, she was a morose, unhappy, terrified person who ultimately died of depression. So it can change your life. And as you said, Cameron, you know, concentrated area. And the, the Northridge quake lasted seven seconds. USGS wow. says that if the San Andreas rips, it will be a full minute of shaking. Yeah, so, especially in the San Fernando Valley, which is basically like a cereal bowl. Um, with right, mountains right. And, uh, on either side, so it, you know all the the, the fill of, of of land here is just going to shake like a bowl of jello, and and uh, you can just imagine the infrastructure ripping, the buildings toppling, and and um, we we need to get ready. And, and the interesting thing about Earth, Northridge, I thought, was that you know I I was in studios down at Venice and Fairfax, not to get too local here, but uh, the the quake was a good what 
25 miles away from where I was. And for some reason, just because of the lay of the geology and the lay of the land, the, the, the force of it came down and, and collapsed a, a, an overcrossing of the freeway and did quite a bit of damage down in that area, whereas other areas uh, that sat on different types of soils and, and bedrocks and things like that weren't as badly damaged. So, um, you know, kind of like a tornado can uh, capriciously go through a, a town and leave some st- you know structures standing and others not. This type of quake was interesting because Sherman Oaks was hit very hard, of course, Northridge, the epicenter, and then, you know, down toward, you know, uh, the middle, mid-city Los Angeles, you know, off the off the 10 freeway also had a lot of damage. So that was, I always thought that was really interesting geologically. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated city geologically. Like you said, there's bedrock, which will stand firm, and then there's a whole lot of fill with a whole lot of people on top of it. So with this huge population of Los Angeles, a densely populated city, but a big city too, there's really only one way to make it, to make the best of the aftermath of an earthquake, and that's to prepare. Can you guys talk? I mean, you're safety experts, fire and life safety and and earthquake safety and preparation experts. What should folks who are listening do right this very second to prepare? Uh, Well, I think we can address it from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, I I would tell you that um, nothing works well without a plan. And one of the things that we promote everywhere we go is, you know, make a plan and uh, practice it. If you don't practice it, nothing's going to happen because you'll forget. And maybe twice a year, do it once during the day, do it once at night. Um, Follow that plan. And there are many ways to put a plan together, we've got some pretty good information in the MySafeLA website about building a plan. You can learn about that by going to the MySafeLA website. The LA Fire Department website has information. The Red Cross website has information. Southern California Earthquake Center has information, as does Caltech and the USGS. So there's a lot of places where you can get information, but it starts with a plan. And from there, Todd, um, what else do you need to think about? Well, it's not just it's it's not just a plan, but it's a plan for wherever you might be. You know, um, earthquakes are going to hit at any time. They'll hit at 4:30 in the morning, like Northridge did, or they'll hit in the middle of the day when you're at work, or they'll hit at night when you're out at the club or something. So you have to think about what would I do if there was a huge, damaging, catastrophic earthquake uh, that hits when I'm at work, when I'm at home. When I'm out and about, when I'm in my car, what am I going to do? These are things you need to think about. Um, of course, uh, you know, having some kind of an emergency kit with you at work, in your car, and of course at home is a great idea as well. And um, That's a there are lots of I, what should be in the kit. Well, I think well, at the at the very least, you know, you need to have um, a sturdy pair of shoes because you may end up walking. You, you know, there may be no passable road, so you may be on foot. A pair of gloves, um, a, a, a dust mask. Uh, it's great to have a flashlight with working batteries, obviously. Maybe even a hand crank flashlight or a hand crank flashlight slash radio so you can get the latest information. A whistle is a great thing to have uh, in your personal kit because if you happen to be trapped, you can signal for help. So those are some basic things that are good to have. Um, in in any kit, whether it be under your desk at work, under your bed at home, um, or in your in your trunk of your car. 
And David, um, it's my understanding that uh, the fire department asks you to be, you know, to be ready to manage on your own in a difficult situation for at least 72 hours. What are some of the things you're going to need in that time period? You're absolutely right, Cameron. You want to have enough water. I I think one of the things in this um, just-in-time kind of society that we live in now is you don't really necessarily think about keeping things for a period of time or having enough stuff. And as Dr. Lucy Jones from the USGS says, people do not have nearly enough water. They need to have more water. So having enough water for every person in your family that uh, they can live with for at least... And pets. And pets, don't forget. And And don't Mm -hmm. We absolutely don't want to forget our pets. Um, Food, and when we're talking about food, we're talking about food that can be stored. And one of the things that's really important about keeping water and keeping food and some of those materials is that they don't last forever. So if you create that kind of sustenance survivability kit for your house, first of all, it has to be someplace where you can get to it if the house is damaged. And secondly, you need to think about replacing it perhaps every 18 months or so. Originally, we thought water would last for five years, but you know, it, it really isn't potable if you leave it that long. And it's very important not to leave water on top of concrete because there's a seepage problem through plastic, which could actually affect the quality of the water. Mm. So there's a bunch of different kinds of things we need to think about. And you're right, the Los Angeles Fire Department has 106 fire stations. Under 1,000 firefighters are on duty at any one time. And the USGS says if the San Andreas rips, that there will be more than 1,200 fires in just a few minutes. And just recently, they've come up with a scenario about Hollywood, and there they think more than $20 billion in damage, 11,000 people injured or dead, and that the entire Hollywood area could be destroyed by fire. So a fire extinguisher and knowing how to use it is also a really important part of today's earthquake preparation kit. And you can learn all about that at uh, mysafela.org as well. So, uh, fellas, I think we're at the at the end of our time here, but thank you so much for uh, talking about your personal remembrances and uh, giving some safety and preparation tips for folks out there. We are going to be chatting with folks about Northridge and about earthquakes in general all January long. And a lot of these uh, conversations are going to be with first responders folks that were on the job in the Los Angeles Fire Department back in 1994 and all the things that they experienced trying to help Los Angeles recover and survive the Northridge earthquake. This is a MySafeLA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. Make sure to visit us at MySafeLA.org.